Hello, I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. We have covered extensively the prolonged and unprecedented closures of schools ostensibly caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, which continue to see teachers unions insist, even when their members receive vaccination priority or when school districts conduct extensively disruptive pandemic theater, like closing for deep cleaning that even the teachers union or stakeholder compromised CDC has concluded is unnecessary, that in-person schooling is unsafe without evidence. Parents seeking to raise pressure with school officials to reopen schools might have considered turning to the Parent Teacher Association, the PTA, the largest organization supposedly representative of parents' interests. But as our guest Luke Rosiak of The Daily Wire has documented, the PTAs are in fact deeply intertwined with the teachers' unions and often function as little more than appendages for the far-left advocacy of big labor. Uh, Luke Rosiak, thank you for joining us. Before we begin, could you tell us a little bit about your background and your work for The Daily Wire? Sure. I'm an investigative reporter with The Daily Wire. Um, We just started up a new investigative team in the last couple months. We've got four people doing full-time work, uh, rooting out corruption, fraud, and influence in Washington and elsewhere. Uh, One of the focuses of The Daily Wire has uh, long been on K-12 education, um, which we think is, you know, a lot of the influence that you see in the U.S. is kind of going through the back door. And, and, you know, there's a lot of focus on Washington, but some really bad stuff is happening at the local level, too. They say sunlight is the best infect- in disinfectant, and mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot less attention to what's happening at the states and the counties and cities. And certainly uh, one place that manifests as people have really woken up to in the last year is schools. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to, you know, one of those influence organizations that you've done quite a bit of reporting on, the, the PTA. Uh, could you sort of describe what it's supposed to be and what its structure is? Well, the PTA, you know, I think everyone kind of knows it. it's like a household name and people just think like, oh, if you want to get involved in schools and if you're an involved parent and you care about your child's education, what do you do? You join the PTA. Um, but if you think about what we've learned now in the last kind of especially in the last year with the uh, coronavirus closures, um, there's a lot of problems with schools. And if you think about it, even predating coronavirus, the PTA has never really done anything about any of them. If mm-hmm. you if you show up saying, you know, I care about my kids education and I want to become more involved in the schools, they'll basically say, you know, go bake some cupcakes. And uh, right. It did. And, you know, and. Try to try to get more money because, you know, you throw money at the you throw money at the problem and that's how everything gets fixed. Right. Right. And so, you know, the essentially the T in the name is is the problem. And, you know, I, I documented in all kinds of ways the union roles, but uh, that at the various levels from the national headquarters, which is, you know, based in Arlington, Virginia, outside of D.C., down to the state, you know, and regional chapters and then down to the, the actual school level. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people with teachers who are not only in the teachers union, but who are board members of union, uh, of union, yeah, union, union officers or yeah, union are officers who, who simultaneously hold roles in, in the PTA. Who are, and who are so, some of those at the, at the national level? Um, so the, this guy named Eric Champy was, uh, on the board of the NEA for years, the national board. And he was the the NEA being the larger of the two national teachers unions. Mm -hmm. And he was, uh, I believe, vice president of the Massachusetts teachers union. He ran for president of the Massachusetts teachers union and lost in 2018 
And so a few months later, he landed on the National PTA Board of Directors. Um, you know, the, the National PTA's executive director is a guy named Nathan Manel, who is, you know, he's paid 350 grand a year. He previously worked for a group called Learning First Alliance, which is tied to both of the teachers unions, mm-hmm. the NEA and the American Federation of Teachers. Um, and, uh, you know, it kind of goes on and on. And, and, you know, at the, at the state level, there's this woman, Amy Pritchard in Colorado, who's vice president of the Colorado PTA. And then she's also on the NEA national board representing Colorado. And there's pictures of her online wearing the same, same red blazer once in her NEA capacity and once in her, uh, PTA capacity. And she's saying the same exact thing in both, you know, kind of support these legislative measures to give more money to teachers. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the national PTA um, <clears throat> spends about 15 of its 15% of its budget on lobbying and advocacy. And so when you are having those cupcake, you know, sales or gift and, wrap and the, sales, and the, and the lobbying and advocacy is basically for the standard current year left progressive agenda that is endorsed by both of the teachers unions, even in issues beyond education, is it not? Yeah, I mean, it's really indiscernible from it. And, um, you know, they want to ban assault rifles, like they get into these issues that kind of have very little to do with um, schools. And meanwhile, and I think this is kind of what originally attracted my attention to this story, with the closure of schools for a year, you never saw the PTA anywhere. And if you think back to all the stories you've read in the news, you would think like, Here's what yeah, I, I mean, you've, you've seen like you've I mean, we spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago, I guess a couple of months ago now to uh, parents from Fairfax County uh, in also in the Washington, D.C. suburbs, and they were discussing their fights that they've had with the teachers unions and they had to organize themselves. They weren't able to 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 count on any existing institution to stand up for them. Right. And, you know, in Washington, as you know, better than anyone, there's a, an interest group for everyone. There's so many trade associations and lobbying groups. Oh, right. Yeah. No, the like, that, uh, uh, oh, I walked by one the other day, but I'm forgetting the name of it. Like, it was always oh, the National Communications Association, not to be confused with the National Association of Broadcasters or the Nationalist, you know, the the various journalists exactly. associations. There's it's apparently like, a, a National Snake Owners Association and, and, you know, there's everything. But the one thing we don't have is like parents of children in public schools, which is like a trillion dollar industry is the most important thing government does. And we don't have a single interest group dedicated to representing parents. And at the end of the day, what PTA has become, or maybe always was, is controlled opposition. They Mm -hmm. identify the parents that are at risk of scrutinizing schools and their many failures, and then they give them some busy work and they co and and they you know divert them. They 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 neutralize the threat and they and they control because. The teachers union basically has a controlling, it's certainly at least a blocking position. They can ensure that the that the parents and teachers, where the parents and teachers do come into conflict, because I know that the, the the sort of the rhetoric is, well, parents and teachers are on the same side. We both want to educate children. We both want sufficient resources for our schools. But I think as the last year has demonstrated beyond any sentient doubt, uh, there are 
times when parents and teachers, certainly union, you know, the union teacher ideology are not only in conflict, but are in diametric opposition. Yeah. And I think they always have been. I mean, you know, they may not always be in diametric opposition, but they're two separate interest groups that there's really no reason to think that they, that they have the same agenda. Um, and so it, the PTA presupposes that they're the same, but it's always parents who have to kind of defer to what teachers want. It's never mm -hmm. the opposite. And so they say, well, we're natural allies, but and that's why the teachers can, you know, the, somehow inject themselves into what should have been a parents group. But if you think of about what would happen if we showed up at a teachers union meeting and said, you know, I think my kid should be able to go to school. He hasn't set foot in school in the last year. They'd say, what are you doing here? You're not a teacher. Get out. And you'd say, well, I just thought teachers and parents are natural allies. They only mean you're natural allies if parents do teachers bidding. And teachers and, and not just up. and not just teach and not you know and let's let's underline that it's not teachers bidding per se. I mean, there are a lot of teachers who have gone back to school. There are a lot of you know um, you know in states like Florida and Iowa where there's been political leadership to to get kids back in school. There are a lot of teachers who want to go back to school who don't like the Zoom regime, uh, but they don't have the power and authority within the political system and within the union system, which is controlled by, I mean, you know, which isn't. Yeah. So yeah. yeah they're like, like the, oh, no. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so, you know, a lot of teachers obviously are not part of the union. Um, and they oftentimes, even if maybe they are in the union, they don't necessarily agree with what the, the leadership is doing. Um, I, I don't know that that fully excuses it because you very rarely right yeah no like i mean you are out. right they say they're intimidated and things like that I, I think we need people with courage who are, are going to be in front of our children um but you, the very small it's actually a very small portion of teachers who are a member of the union in fairfax county virginia where i live and fairfax has kind of had this notorious union that's become national news because even after the uh, they got the vaccines, the president yeah, Kimberly Adams was saying we don't want to go back, and they've um, and they've so, been successful in keeping the schools there basically completely closed. Yeah, and so the thing about Kimberly Adams is she was uh, president of the union, and then her term ended, and she became president of the countywide PTA, which is a huge PTA. Fairfax has more than a million people in it, yeah. and then after that, she went back to being president of the union. And so the parents are really mad here in Fairfax, understandably, about everything that's happening. But it's like we as parents let a union president be the president of the PTA. What is wrong with us? Um, right. And so, you know, there's this element of parents waking up. And then the key is to understand that, like, it's not the coronavirus stuff is a symptom. Um, it has revealed kind of these longstanding issues where um, the PTA you know, they basically, well, first of all, just to, you know, go through some of the basic timeline on, of coronavirus, the PTA has never, they've tried, they've said nothing about getting kids back in school. Um, they, they kind of make mealy mouth statements like we should bring all parties to the table. And yeah. I mean, just, but I mean, Randy Weingarten says the same thing. 
We want to go back to school safely, but we're not going to actually, you know, but we're going to fight the CDC over social distancing. Yeah. Like, so they come on. do a combination of meaningless statements. And then in July, when President Trump uh, basically. This is July, said, July 2020. Yeah. Uh, so they actually, at that point, said, no, we should not be doing that. We should, and, and they opposed reopening schools because President Trump wanted it. Um, and that's that's typical. I mean, every campaign contribution from the PTA employee has gone to Democrats. Um, you know, they when you look at the poll. So this is if you're on a board of directors of a corporation, you have a fiduciary duty to you know further the interests of your 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 members, your your shareholders. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the PTA goes to Congress and has a lot of lobbying influence because when they have those meetings on Capitol Hill it's perceived that they're speaking on behalf of so many millions of parents. Um, And so the issue is, is PTA an AstroTurf group? And, you know, there are issues where there's polling on parents, Mm -hmm. uh, where the parents want one thing and the PTA will do the, uh, do the, take the opposite position. What what, what, could you give an example of one of those issues? So one of them is the issue of uh, transgender uh, kids in locker rooms and bathrooms. Um, Mm -hmm. They did a poll in kind of late 2016 about that. And parents really in both parties um, and all across the country were very, you know, they they didn't want girls. They didn't want boys in their girls locker rooms. Slow slow Um, down. We don't want to be the we don't want to be the first to have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is, you know, it's, it's one thing to talk about national politics, but then when it's impacting your kid, it starts to seem a little more real. And it's like, you know, I have concerns about my, my child in her locker room. Like parents had pretty strong opinions about that. I think it was like two thirds of parents did not want it. And the PTA was very strongly um, taking the opposite position. Um, a- another one of them, another, another issue is um, uh, what was the other issue? Um they uh, scroll through my story here. Um, <laughs> we, we will include um, we will include all of uh, all of Luke's work uh, on the PTA in our in our show notes. Uh, so you too, listeners, will be able to read through it. <laughs> yeah, I've done like three uh, three stories uh, three stories on the PTA as part of a series, and then it kind of preceding that was the issue in Loudoun County where the, they actually made a list of parents who were targeted for, um, you know, basically they said they were going to hack them. And what what, them what group was response was response was was that the teachers union or was that the? This, it was a to... Facebook group called the anti-racist parents oh, of Loudoun okay, County, okay, but so it was the really a faction, the, the, a faction within the teachers union, probably. It essentially was. I mean, the dominant forces in that Facebook group were were teachers and former teachers and elected officials. Mm-hmm. So it's another case of like co-opting the phrase parents in order to speak on behalf of a large group that, you know, you're not actually speaking on behalf of. Right. And so the parents have got to speak up. The issue is that it's asymmetrical warfare. We're all busy. We're raising our kids. We're working. We're coming home. We're cooking dinner. Yeah, right. we all have we all have, we all have day jobs. <laughs> yeah, they're getting paid to do this, and so it's it's a financial thing for them. They they can study the issues as part of their day job, and they can influence it like it's their career. And we're approaching it as casually, like oh, I'll show up for a meeting or two, but hopefully someone else will take the lead. And you know that person who takes the lead, it turns out is going to be. And there's basically. also and there's also. I mean, as we've seen, uh, I, I remember the, and we'll include the link to this to the previous episode with the uh, Open Fairfax uh, represent with the Open Fairfax parents. Um, 
you know, they were talking about, you know, there was intimidate, you know, there's been intimidation against them. The school board has, which is a wholly captive organ in Fairfax County, the teachers union, uh, has manipulated its scheduling, has manipulated its, um, you know, its meeting agendas to make sure to keep parents who are agitating for reopening on the sidelines and unable to bring their concerns to elected officials. So, you know, it's your plan. Not only are you working part time, you know, are you only able to get involved part time? You're also going into, you know, you're, you're walking into no man's land. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, it's a trillion dollars on the table. So they're going to across the board with how much we spend on K through 12 per year. And, and that's so and that's go and that's only going up with each of these emergent quote unquote emergency COVID relief packages. <laughs> yeah, and so they're going to fight for it really hard. Uh, and the parents, you know, are basically unable to compete as long as the the t- there's a T in PGA. Um, one of the really um, most basic issues in which the PTA takes the opposite position as parents is the issue of charters and vouchers, uh, which would let your kids go to private schools in some cases using the taxpayer money. We well, and, there's, an and, and, of, and the, the teachers unions have been so effective uh, at selling charter schools to the uh, by their obstinacy. Uh, West Virginia, I know, uh, in its last in the recently concluded legislative session passed the most expansive charter school and private school voucher program as far as I am aware of any state in the union, uh, with, I think at, based on my reading of the bill within like five years, every public, you know, every child eligible to go to public school will be eligible for a $4,500 voucher for any K-12 educational expense. But it's, I mean, we spend, you know, I don't know how much West Virginia spends, but on average in in the U S we spend $15,000 a year. So it's a ton of money. They're always giving the impression that, and I think when the PTA says, you know, and it's actually, it's important to say that this is really degrading stuff. It's a really degrading role that the PTA puts parents in of, oh, you care about your child's education? Uh, go bake me a cookie, you know, go to the mm-hmm. kitchen woman and, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. make me a cake. Um, it's, it's beyond degrading. It's always like, it's designed to be debasing to parents. Like you dared show up at school. Don't you know your place? These are our children now. We're going to, mm. you know, do the racial brainwashing and we're going to, you know, they, they protest against standardized testing because it's like an accountability measure to like, well, and because, and because, well? and, yeah, right, and because the teachers union doesn't want any sort of, want, yeah. um, they, you know, they, they don't want, they don't want us, us as parents to know whether our kids learn to read, write and do sums. Right. And, and, you know, the, the way that all these things, I mean, in totality and, and as evidenced by the last year of just refusing to, to, to teach outright, you only act this way when you have your kids, when, when they have our kids in a captive, you know, sort of market, marketplace, if you call, if you want to call it that. I, mean, I believe, I believe Corey DeAngelis' slogan for dealing with this, uh, he's a charter school advocate, is uh, it's time to start funding students, not systems. And so, you know, three quarters of uh, parents want you to be able to go put your kids in charter schools and also to be able to use vouchers that would take at least some of the $15,000 we spend for year per year per kid. Most of the time, you would only get like a, a portion of that for the voucher um, and, and be able to put to apply that to private school tuition or whatever if you want. It's your money. It's already it's not increasing funding. We're already spending it. 
And if your kid's in private school, why would we be paying the public schools to not educate your child anyway? Um, and so understandably, three quarters of parents want the ability to have these these vouchers. And that's obviously and, and, strong, and I mean, but- and I mean, you see that in West Virginia, like West Virginia, obviously, in the past few years has become a hard Republican state. But before that, it was a hard Democrat and a hard trade union state. And even in and again, it's in West Virginia, where even even though, yes, the the opportunity scholarships that they're now offering to again, it looks like it's going to be at when when the program is fully in effect, all K-12 school age children in the state, you know, even though it's not the full rate that they're paying to operate the public schools and it isn't enough necessarily to defray the full cost of a private education, uh, the fact that it's, you know, that that state that was until very recently so committed to the trade union movement has now the most expansive school school choice program in the country I think that shows at least to some degree where where this issue is headed. I think that's really important to point out. I mean, these are not democratic positions that the, the PTA and the teachers union want. I mean, they're very specific to advancing the industry of people that make money off of schools. Um, most Democrats agree with, uh, you know, kind of. I mean, who wouldn't want their kids in school? When you look at the three quarters of parents wanting vouchers, by necessity, that's a bipartisan coalition. You you can't have three quarters of anything in this country without including, you know, uh, Democrats as well. And so this is the kind of thing that could easily pass if it was on a referendum, as long as it wasn't interfered with by, you know, teachers unions spending money and things like that. Um, but you know, there's this, uh, basically with the, with the PTA, what's fascinating to me is, um, you know, there's parents, teachers, and then administrators. And Mm -hmm. a lot of basically the teachers unions are always trying to shake down the administrators to get more money. Well, the, the teachers, the PTA has administrators on its board. And and so it's like, if you've got administrators and you've got teachers, that's, that's not, yeah, that's not an advocacy group. That's a, that's collusion. That's a, that's a cartel. (laughs) It is. And it's like the parents exist to serve the interests of the people that are nominally there only to serve our children. What are these people's jobs for if not to serve our children? And they've basically decided, well, the parents are are just kind of going to do our bidding. If they want to be involved, it's going to be to do whatever we tell them to do. I, I think the degrading work of selling cupcakes and wrapping paper is in part to put parents in their place and also to say, look, you know, the reason we need to raise money by selling these like $1 items is because you failed to give us enough money, uh, taxpayers. So we need to, you know, fund schools more. And they count on parents not understanding. We do spend $15,000 a year per kid. Um, and so you can do the math if you've got 25 to 30 kids in a, in a, in a classroom and you basically just need a person there, you know, a couple pencils and paper and a person sitting at the top of the room. Um, you know, the money is, is not the problem here. Um, engaged parents, the more you get engaged and you start looking at the, the outcomes and the spending, you see none of it really makes sense, but they don't, you know, you never see the PTA saying, well, we're going to scour through the policy. We're going to scour through Mm -hmm. like the outcomes and, and the, the arcane, you know, the, all the nuts and bolts of how schools operate. And we're going to ask some tough questions and we're going to demand changes here and improvements there. They never do any of that. And it's like, 
this is not a watchdog group. This is not a, a uh, an accountability group. It's it's not a parent's group. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think that's I think that's the that I, yeah, I think I think that's the key. It's to to develop an independent parent voice. You know, maybe to maybe to go on strike and not bake the cookies anymore. Um, and that, uh, but that is for probably another time. Uh, thank you again for joining us, Luke. Again, we will include your three-part series for the Daily Wire on the PTA and how it has been, uh, I don't know if co-opted is the right word because it was kind of by design by the teachers' union. Uh, in this week's show notes. That is our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. We'll see you all next week.